1: promising to tell Clark Kent nothing of Poco's secret, young Jim Olson, convinced that the little cook is a victim of phonies and racketeers, is determined to show them up himself
2: there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, you fellas and girls are gonna get a lot of chuckles out of your collection of that brand new series of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. For instance, the picture of the little moose from Smitty. Boy, it's a knockout. There he is, his arms folded on his chest, his long black hair pulled together at the back, and a feather sticking up from it. Why, he looks just like he does in the funny papers. And you'll get a kick out of Cindy, too, from Smiling Jack. She's mighty pretty, you know. And of course, there's Superman. He's doggone good looking, with his bright red cape slung back over his shoulders, and the Superman an emblem on his jersey. Yes, sir, every single one of these new Pep comic buttons looks so snappy and exciting that, well, you'll want to collect all 18 of them. And you can, too. Sure, easy as anything. You just ask Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep and look inside each package for your comic button. That's all there is to it, gang. You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere, but Kellogg's Pep gives you these comic buttons. And Pep gives you a mighty slick dish for breakfast, too. A bowl of these golden toasted whole wheat flakes is something to cheer about. It's a crisp and tender and full of catchy flavor. That's the dish for breakfast, gang. P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep.
1: And now, the adventures of Superman. A firm calling itself the Metropolis Song Publishing Company has persuaded Poco, editor White's Little Cook, that a song he had written would make him a millionaire. Excited by his prospects, Poco saved, borrowed, and even pawned his overcoat in order to raise the money the company demanded as his share of the publishing costs. But cub reporter Jimmy Olson suspected that Poco was being swindled. Or, as he explained to Beanie Martin, the Daily Planet copy boy...
0: You see, Beanie, legitimate song publishers don't look for material from amateurs. So when this outfit said they intended to publish Poco's song, I suspected right off they were racketeers. Uh-huh. Another tip-off is they're getting Poco to pay what, what they call part of the publishing cost. Legitimate publishers, when they accept this song, pay all the costs themselves. Gee, what are you going to do about it, Jim? I'm going to investigate the company. And if they're racketeers like I think, I'm going to make them give Poco's money back. Golly, won't Mr. Kent be mad if you get mixed up in this alone? He doesn't have to know anything about it until I'm ready to break it. But jeebers, if they're really racketeers, that'll be dangerous. We'll we'll be careful. We? Sure, you and I. Come on, let's get going. I want to see what this racket outfit looks like. (laughs)
1: As we continue now in the tastefully furnished president's office of the Metropolis Song Publishing Company, the self styled Professor Blessing, a tall, skeleton thin, bald headed man wearing a frock coat and striped trousers, sits with his feet on his desk, smoking a large cigar. Quickly, he lowers his feet to the thick rug, then scowls and puts them back up as his door opens and a husky man with a flattened nose and cauliflower ears enters singing. I
3: know a girl A friend's old caller, Lizzie. Stop
1: it, Froggy. She
3: took a ride on a merry-go-round, and now poor Lizzie's dead. Well, you
4: stop singing that horrible song.
3: Where on earth did you pick it up? Oh, some sucker sent it in. I forget who now. Well, stop singing it. I can't stand it. Okay, okay, Professor. Listen that sucker out in Nevada, the one who sent us the 500 to publish his song. He just wrote in another letter wanting to know why we ain't published it yet.
4: Well, send him form letter number 12, the one stating there is a paper shortage right now which is delaying publication. Oh, we already
3: sent him that one. Now he says that we don't hurry up and publish his song. He's coming to Metropolis to see about it. If he does, we'll handle him accordingly. Hey. Who's that? The outside door. Maybe it's another sucker. I mean, client, Professor. Go out and see. Okay. I know a girl whose name is Liz of is it? It's uh, two young
4: fellows. Hmm. Young people's money is just as good as anyone else's. Show them in, Froggy. Show them in. I presume you, Mr. Olson, and your friend, Mr. Martin, are songwriters? Why, uh, why no, not exactly, Professor Blessing. No, I mean, uh, no, you're not? Then, uh, may I ask why you're here? Well, we,
0: well, you see, it's like this. Our friend, well, he sent you a song he wrote and got a letter from you saying he had to put up $500 to get his song
4: published. Well, what of it? That's our usual practice. It is? Uh, of course. After all, we have to put up a great deal more than that. Thousands, in fact. And we ask the author to pay only part of the publishing cost to, uh, well, to assure us that uh, he really wrote the song. Well,
0: sure. We understand, Professor. It's just that, well, our friend couldn't pay all the $500 you asked him for. He's still $50 short. And we thought, well, you said the
4: song wouldn't make a lot of money. So we thought, well, that is, we got the idea. Oh, oh, you thought you would like to put up the money he lacks and so participate in the profits, is that it? Oh, gee, well, uh, Yeah, that's the idea. An excellent idea, young gentlemen. And if I may say so, a splendid investment, because our songs usually make a great deal of money. Yes, siree, a great deal of money.
0: That's all.
4: Oh, so. Yes, indeed. Now, I can see you boys are on your toes and that you know a good thing when you see it. So, uh, uh, tell me, I've a uh, very good reason for asking. Uh, do you have as much as, uh, uh $500? $500? Gosh, no.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, do you, uh, have $250? I... what are you... Uh, p- sure, we've got that much, Professor.
4: Why? Well, I'll tell you. Now, I like you boys, and I like your spirit and wanting to help out your friend. So I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to let you buy a one-tenth partnership in the song. What do you say to that? What?
0: Uh, which song are you talking about, Professor? Which
4: song? Why, uh, uh your friend's song, of course.
0: Yeah, but we haven't even told you who our
4: friend is. That's right. <laughs> uh, Why, so you didn't. Ah, but you did tell me I'd agree to publish your song, didn't you? Well, yes. There you are now. Uh, You see, we never agree to publish a song unless uh, we're practically certain it will enjoy a huge success. Uh, by the way, what did you say your friend's name was? Oh, uh, Poco. Poco? Well, well, so he's your friend, eh?
0: Yeah!
4: A delightful chap. And he has a great talent too. Yes, sir, a great talent. Are you kidding? It's obvious in that charming, witty, and tuneful composition we're publishing for him. Oh, brother!
0: Uh, remember how it goes, Professor? Do
4: I remember? Why, certainly I remember. Why, it's one of the finest songs I've ever seen. Uh, it'll make fortunes for all of us. Fortunes. Uh,
0: professor, could you, uh, uh, could you give us the first line of Poco's song? Uh, the
4: first line? Uh, of course, of course. The first line. Now let me see. <laughs> now, isn't that ridiculous?
3: Right on America. I mean Wilfred. Poor, poor Lizzie. She's <laughs> really in a Wilfred.
4: How many times have I told you to stop singing that terrible song? Oh,
3: yes, yeah, sorry.
0: That's Poco's song, professor. Uh
4: it, it is. Uh, I mean, I, I mean of course it is. Uh, isn't it wonderful? I uh, I've been trying to keep that assistant of mine from singing it because well, uh, because I'm afraid a competitor might hear it and uh, steal it.
3: Uh, uh, listen, professor, Guy just called up. Don't
4: any? bother me now, Wilfred. Uh, well, young gentleman, what do you say? This is your opportunity to get in on the ground floor. For only $250 invested in this soon-to-be-hit song, I can almost guarantee you'll be rich men. Well, I
0: say yes, Professor. Yes.
4: Good, good. Uh, you show rare foresight, young man. Oh,
0: we'll go right over to the bank and get the money now. if my wife? Come yet. on, Beanie, let's go. You can't much, Jim. Our Professor bluffy said chip
1: on us in the word go. He didn't even know what
0: song was you told him. I know. Keep your eyes open for an empty can. You know? Then why'd you say we give him $250? Because we are going to give it to him. What? Uh,
4: are you nuts? Give that crook
0: $250 we'll never see again. Don't worry, honey. We're going to give the professor Mark money and get him to give us a receipt saying he accepted $250 to publish the song. Then we'll call in the police. May I, I say call in the police first? Marty, how Mr. Kent... Oh, no, I can't do that. I promise Poco not to tell Mr. Kent or Mr. White about us getting jibbed. And there's no point in calling the police until we've got the professor trapped. Maybe, but I don't like it, Jim. That that professor looks like he could be tough. I'm a guy he called Froggy. I'll bet he's a gorilla. Relax, pal. I know what I'm doing. Come on, there's a taxi.
1: Overriding Beanie's objections, Jim Olsen drops the frightened copy boy off to make arrangements for his plan to outwit the clever professor blessing. But Jimmy may be biting off more than he can chew, as we'll find out in just a moment. So stand by for the exciting climax of today's episode. Say, gang, you
2: know about the annual sale of Christmas seals, don't you? Help support the National Tuberculosis Association so that fellows and girls like you can keep well and happy. Well, right now's the time to buy your Christmas seals so that you'll have them to put on Christmas cards and packages and show everybody that you're helping to support this swell organization. Set aside a bit of your allowance or your Christmas money to buy Christmas seals and to help fight TB. And remind the rest of the family to buy their share, too.
1: In Professor Blessing's office of the Metropolis Song Publishing Company, the professor sits with his feet on his desk, smoking a big cigar. Froggy sits nearby, glancing idly through the pages of the Daily Planet as they wait for Jim Olson and Beanie Martin to return with money from the bank. Hey, do you think you hooked them two kids, Professor? Uh,
4: you heard what they said. They were going to the bank for the $250. <laughs> I had a bad moment there when I didn't know what the song was. Good thing you happened to come in singing it. Holy
3: smoke! Uh, what's the matter? Wasn't that young sucker's name Jim Olson? Yes, why? Why? Take a look at this paper. Right there. Over high school sports. See what it says? Uh, let me see. Why, it says by Jim Olson. That's right. That kid is a reporter.
4: Well, well, this is very interesting, Froggy.
3: Interesting. My eye. It's bad news. Don't get excited, Froggy. But what if some sucker we took maybe complained to the Daily Planet and this Olson guy is... Now wrecking. look, Froggy. I think we better scram. I don't want to go back to jail. Don't worry. We won't go to jail. If he's got that dope on us, like if he's working with the sucker, what wrote that dizzy Lizzie he, We will. Now...
4: Relax, let's... Froggy. We won't take any chances. When Olson comes back, just leave everything to me. But suppose he comes back with a cop. Uh, I don't think he will. We haven't taken any money from him yet, and uh, we didn't give Poco any receipts for the $450 he paid us. Besides, oh. uh the outside
3: door. Yeah, it. See who it is, Froggy. Okay, but I just hope it ain't cops. Who is it? Olsen and the other kid. Are they alone? Yeah.
4: Good. Now you go out and talk to them, Froggy, while I check up on Olsen. If he is a reporter checking up on us for his paper, it's going to be just too bad for him and for his friend, too.
1: false smile, distorting his flat-nosed, beefy face. Froggy goes into the outer office to keep the unsuspecting Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin occupied, while Professor Blessing, blissfully unaware of their connection with Superman, reaches swiftly for his telephone. Will the racketeer music publisher be able to discover Jim Olsen's motive for visiting him? And if so, what will happen to Jim and Beanie, and their plan to expose one of the lowest and most vicious of all rackets worked on unsuspecting people? Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman.
2: Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. on a shivery morning when your first idea is to beat it down to breakfast quick. Gang, that's crumbles weather. That's when you want a toasty kind of cereal with zip and go. That's when you uh, think of toasty words like crisp, crunchy, crinkly. Crumbles, sure, Kellogg's Crumbles, the only cereal in the whole wide world made in those little crinkly shreds of good whole wheat. Sort of sweet and metal rich and so good for you. Mom knows that. So when you think of something toasty on a cold morning, think of Crumbles, Kellogg's Crumbles. And be sure to be with us tomorrow for the thrilling adventures of Superman. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.